Welcome to a spooky Halloween Codec Moments podcast. What, too much? <laughs> I didn't know you were going to do that. Nor did I until I started opening my mouth. <laughs> nice intro. I've only had one beer, honest. It is our Halloween podcast after all. Yeah, hello, welcome to the Codec Moments podcast. Uh, it's a spooktacular Halloween edition. Oh, I was hoping we avoid terrible puns. That's okay. not happening, is it? But it's, it's Halloween, isn't it? It's like Christmas. We'll have to have a version of the theme with jingle bells on it. I'm going to make you do that now. <laughs> That's for the Christmas episode. Focus, focus. End of October. That's where we are now. These lovely people are not tuning in to listen to us. No, so it's all about sweets and pumpkin spice. Today we're here to talk about... Yeah. Why are we here to talk about? You, you've made an agenda and everything. I've made an agenda. We're here to talk about the usual stuff. What do we always talk about? Games. So um, we're going to talk about our favourite spooky games. The spooky or scary whichever term you want to use they don't have to be particularly frightening because i know you're not much of a horror fan i hate scary games yes we're going to talk about one scary game in particular that you do hate which i'm going to make you play we've got a couple of plugs to make and believe it or not and i think this might be a first but i've done a quiz Ooh! and it is a halloween themed quiz or in a more ghostly fashion oh i like the i like the second one better I like that too. Okay, right. Well, um, okay. so let's uh, let's kick off and, and talk about some um, scary games. I don't like scary games. I really no, don't, I don't like scary games. I mean, to the extent that my favourite <laughs> Halloween game is Costume Quest. Now, that is a really good Halloween game. It's awesome. I remember that came as a PS Plus freebie. I think that's why I, I played it. Not really expecting much from it. Definitely not expecting a little RPG. And it was brilliant. It was just a lot of fun. Super fab, if you know, a chance. It's a little kid whose sister gets kidnapped by mm. what, trolls. I want to call them trolls. Go with trolls. I, it's about six or seven years since I played it. So you just kind of wander around the neighborhood collecting, uh, I'm not going to call it candy, sweets. Yeah. Picking up sweets. And you gather up a little band of um, a little band of mates, don't you? You do. Yeah, there's a little little posse. A slightly low-rent persona, Final <laughs> Fantasy style. You, you end up picking up these other kids in the neighborhood who um, who come and assist you on your quest. But when you go into the battles, so they've all, they're all wearing Halloween costumes. So the one kid's dressed up a bit like a robot, and it's just all cardboard boxes painted quite roughly. But then when you go into the actual fight animations, he's a full-on Optimus Prime-style yeah. Transformer. It's brilliant. Really good yeah. game. Really good. It is. It is a really good game. And it's a yeah, fantastic little Halloween adventure. I say little. It's what? 10, 12 hours? Something like that? It's the only game on the PlayStation 3 or 4 that my wife has 100%ed. Or, well, le- played, let alone 100%ed. Yeah, she, I, yeah, I remember you saying she, she got well into it. So it was good and spawned a sequel. But I guess we're not here to talk about Costume Quest. No, no, we're not. So come on. <laughs> it, what is... What has been your favourite spooky game from any generation? Doesn't have to be current. Well, because I'm not, I'm not a massive fan. I mean, you, we'll touch more on this later. But you made me play Alien Isolation last year. Yeah, I didn't get as far as the Alien, and I was terrified. Yeah, I played Outlast last year. Yes, you did. You did. I did not last out. That is no, 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 not for me. Thank no, you. No, no. I got got down into like a i think i was in a basement or something and there was some there was something down there with me it was basically a hey why didn't you hide in various places until it goes away and it didn't go away quick enough for my liking and i just that was it (laughs) i turned the game off and i've never been back to it and really i think that was probably about 20 minutes in so i've got no stamina for scary games i'm not gonna lie to you i'm not i'm not gonna you know make out that i'm i'm massive fan but what do i like i liked prey 
but it did scare me still. I felt tense as I was walking around because it's those mimics. Yeah. It's not on my list because you know what? It didn't actually cross my mind as being a, a scary game, but it it has got that horror vibe to it. it the, the mimics, the phantoms, and the, the nightmare as well that you encounter. It, it is. It is a bit of a horror game. And it does have those jump scare moments in it as well. So uh, I, that's one I've enjoyed recently. What else for me? I think for me, it's got to be. I suppose it's got to be the Resident Evil games I've played. Yeah. Okay. Not five. That wasn't really particularly scary. It wasn't scary, but it was good. I don't care what anybody says. It, it was good, and we had a lot of fun in co-op on that. Oh, we played a lot of that co-op, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't say necessarily that was a that was a scary horror game. No. Other than that, perhaps that one fight with Wesker when you've got to pull that control chip out of um out of Jill out of Jill Valentine. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that was um. Oh God, I remember doing that on professional difficulty. It's not scary, it was just horrific. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was. (laughs) But I think for me, Resident Evil 2, I never really played the first game. So the first first Resident Evil game I came into was Resident Evil 2. Yeah. The PlayStation version. Yep. Which was phenomenal and had so much content. And I did play it through. And some really big jump scare moments. That was, that's a game I'll never forget. That's one on my list as well. Yeah, it, I think you said it. It, had, it has the the jump scare moments. It's unnerving. It's quiet, and then it gets frantic, and you you fix camera angles, instills that sense of dread for a lot of the scenarios. You played it through with two different characters. You had the unlockable couple of different campaign modes as well, which changed the style. It was a phenomenal game, but it was very creepy the first time through. Yeah, it, I, I really enjoyed that. And I would say the other the other game in the series for me would be Resident Evil 4. And I think a lot of people would argue that's perhaps not as scary a game. But there's a couple of moments in that that really build the tension well. So it's the, the two things I'm thinking of. The first one is the, the part near the beginning when you're first walking yep. into the village and you're mobbed yep. by everyone, including the chainsaw-wielding... Is it Dr. Salazar? I, I keep, for some I reason, I keep thinking it's him. I, I don't recall, but you, eventually, if you, if you get inside one of the buildings and you find a shotgun, you, you're probably doing all right. But I think it's that, yeah. that moment, especially having played earlier Resident Evil games, where you, you know you haven't got a lot of ammo, and you suddenly realise you're burning through it on a bunch of oh, yeah. villagers that are just still coming. Yeah, it's, def- it's a challenge as well. You don't think you're ever going to get out of it. it. It just keeps coming and keeps coming until the church bells go off. But you don't know the church bells are going to end it. That's it. And you you never get that same tension with that section after the first time you played it. Yeah. Yeah. And the other part in that game that I found really freaky is the regenerators. Yeah, they are not. Nothing Nothing that regenerates is ever pleasant. It's, it's almost <laughs> the same with, with five as well, where that, that goes, oh, no, horrible, horrible things. It's that bit, the second you find the thermal scope, you think, oh, right, okay, I get it now. Yeah. Until that moment, you're just like, why won't you go away? <laughs> I don't like you. You're freaking me out. <laughs> I, I played that with my housemates when we lived in Nottingham, and um, we had some proper girly squeals when whenever <laughs> when that section came on the first time. We were like, oh, my God. Kill it. Kill it with fire. What do we do? Awful. No, it's um, no, a cracking game. Cracking game for its, for its um. Ability to shock on your first playthrough, but then still keep giving for every subsequent playthrough as well. It was, uh, no, uh, uh, yeah, phenomenal game. I had, it's a fairly recent one because I don't do a lot of horror games, but I do quite like them every now and again. And one I wasn't 100% sure of on what it was going to be like, but in the end, ended up playing it an awful lot. 
uh, enough to go for the platinum. Um, but until dawn, that was a a really really good horror movie game. Now I've not played until dawn, but I really I really do like the premise of it, and I think it's one. It was the PS Plus title not long ago, wasn't it? Yeah, it snagged a couple of. If you snagged it a couple of months back, so I'm really tempted to give that a go now, actually, because it is. Um, it is one of those things that you can pretty much sit there and just just watch your way through, rather than having to to engage with too much. Yeah. Uh, no, you do have to engage. It's not gentle. It will have you on edge, pretty much ninety percent of the time. It it does it very very well. It's a it's a proper cabin in the woods style story of teenagers partying and drinking out in the middle of nowhere in the middle of a snowstorm so you know it's not going to go right at all <laughs> on the anniversary of a tragedy it's all building up and it is it just takes it in it, it takes it in a really nice direction the story doesn't let on too easily what's going on and what's happening you might you might play the first hour or so and start to have an idea and piece things together on on what how it's all going to play out, but it does still manage to surprise at points. It doesn't give you an easy ride, and it will have you second guessing. But most of all, it will just scare the <laughs> out of you at points. <laughs> it it does. It really, really does it well, but not enough to make you put it down. It still keeps you moving forward and still playing the game and wanting to get to the end, and the ability to influence the survival of each of the characters as well. Are you going to get them all killed? Are you going to save some? Are you not going to bother? You can sometimes see what you're doing with that, and sometimes you have no clue that you've just doomed somebody. Are there any insufferable characters that you made every effort to kill in whatever gruesome means was available? Oh, yes. (laughs) (laughs) But because you don't always know, you get get little flashes of what could happen. Um, There are like these little totems that you can pick up if you find them, and it'll, uh, it'll give you a premonition and a few flashes, and it'll sort of... You'll think, right, okay, well, if I ever see that, I know it's bad, or I know this might go ahead. But then there are obvious, just blindingly obvious things. Like, I think I'm sure there's one point you, you're walking through an abandoned asylum in the dark, and there's just bear traps and things dangling, and you can interact. And you know full well, I shouldn't interact with this, but you do. And it all kicks off, uh, and you're left with tough decisions to make. Uh, you know, it does that kind of thing all the way through. It is really, it looks gorgeous. It's really well put together, and it makes an entertaining story. And then they followed it up with Rush of Blood, the on rails shooter, set in the same kind of environment on the VR, which is cracking as well. Which does manage to be unnerving as you're playing it, even though it's not. It's not scary, but it's a little, little bit unnerving. How does that work? It, it kind of takes you on a bit of a fairground ride tour of some of the scenarios that you experience in the main game, but gives you dual-wielding pistols. So, you know, you feel a little bit safer. In in Until Dawn, you don't have any weapons. You, you, you will very, very rarely pick anything up. So it is all about exploration, quick-time events, and paying a little bit of attention. Thinking of that with the dual pistol, I have just thought of a, a game that we should be playing at Halloween. Tell me. House of the Dead Overkill. Oh, didn't didn't we play that? Didn't we play that through at one point? We did at my house. Yeah, we did because I bought it cheap. Yeah, oh, and that was and we did we play with the sharpshooters. Yeah, we, we probably looked incredibly <laughs> bad in your <laughs> living room with both of us with sharpshooters playing it. Yeah, but that was oh, that was stupidly silly, over the top fun. That was good. That was, was really good. good. That's one to chuck in there, right? So if you've not played House of the Dead Overkill, it is ludicrous. 
Brilliant. It's like a grindhouse Japanese Sega game. It's fantastic. Yeah, it, it needs its own genre. <laughs> <laughs> I think the one that tops my list, and it's a game that, I, if I remember rightly, did come out on Halloween uh, back in 2007, maybe? I said 2007, 2008, but Dead Space. Oh. Which, arguably, could be called a Resident Evil clone, but it's phenomenal. Easily one of the best games of the last generation. It spawned a couple of sequels, which, regardless of what anybody else says, I still enjoyed those, but neither of them were as satisfyingly creepy as the first one. It was so atmospheric, so well put together, I don't think I've come across anything like it since. And it's one of those games that every now and again I'll think about and think, oh, I want to play that again. Yeah, I've still got a copy of it on my Xbox. It's a great, <laughs> it's a really great game. And it is actually, I don't know, I don't know why it didn't spring to mind when I was talking about scary games because it is one that again really freaked me out. Yeah. It's one of it's those ones where you get a real sense of dread going into a, a new area. And completely novel as well the um the different approaches that you had to take to um to pick literally pick apart the enemies uh yeah was just in an era when you were just used to bam headshot bam headshot bam headshot twitch shooters uh it was really novel and factoring that in to dealing with something that was moving towards you at a pace added, added to the pressure and then uh you hit the point later on with the the stasis affected enemies which moved incredibly fast it was just so well put together so well thought out it took a lot of tropes but it was extremely logical all the way through you were an engineer repairing a knackered spacecraft and you could see the fruits of your labors as you went through all to try and escape and it just worked it worked really well it made sense yeah really it was horrible it was horrible in parts (laughs) yeah really nasty I think I've repressed it. I think that's why it didn't leap instantly to mind. But yeah, the the second one was the second one was good. The third one was quite good, even in co-op. It was it was still a decent game. We played the third one through in in co-op, didn't we? Uh, we played a lot. We did play a lot. I, I played yeah. a lot with another another guy as well. So I think I probably did nearly the full game in co-op at some point. But then there was also Dead Space Extraction, which was the light gun game or the or the, the move game that came from the Wii, which is another unnerving on-rail shooter. It, it's, um, it, it had its good moments, did that? It was a nice game. How have we inadvertently turned this into a special about on-rail shooters? I didn't mean to. We'll, we'll clear it away. We'll move <laughs> it on. Uh, because it's all all this talk of Dead Space is, is slightly disappointing, as well as loving the games. Because obviously we've had the news that Visceral have been shut down. Mm. So I think our hopes and dreams of a Dead Space remaster or a new entry in the series, have just died. Yeah. Which is is disappointing, along with the Star Wars game that was in development as well. And regardless of what uh, what EA want to turn it into, or what they want to do with it, with their pivot that they said they're going uh, to make, I think there's a good chance it'll have been a, been a cracking game regardless. Uh, and so we're just going to miss out, and have to wait another few years for, for something to come out of the development team there. Yeah, and it's not it's not the first studio it's happened with either, which is um, which is a shame. It's it's frustrating. I mean, you got Maxis, Bullfrog, Origin, Pandemic, to name a yeah. few. Yeah, yeah, Pandemic is a good one because the um, the Mercenaries games again, probably not massively commercially successful, but a lot of fun, an awful lot of. And the Saboteur was an interesting concept as well in, oh, in yes. the way you had to um, 
had to kind of reclaim territory and and the effect that had on the world around you yeah no i really enjoyed the saboteur that was i bought that second hand and it was the first game i ever bought oh what did they call them was it the online pass i would think it was the first game i'd ever bought an online pass for because it unlocked some bonus content <laughs> that you got with the original game uh, but i didn't mind paying it because i paid a ridiculously low price second hand for it but that was a good game so it's the, the demise of these studios i know these ones were talking about specifically ea but it happens all over the place I mean, look at square and uh what they were trying to do with IO Interactive earlier this year, uh, which mm. fortunately IO was still running, and we've oh, yeah, got more content coming. That's, uh, that's another podcast in itself. Probably several. It is. I think if you're listening to this on Halloween or the time we release it, then you know, tune in on Thursday, because we might talk a bit then about the Hitman stuff. Yeah, so another another Dead Space game would have been nice, a, a remaster. Hmm. A remaster would have been nice. I'm not gonna, you know, I'm I'm not ashamed to say I buy remasters and I play them because I like to play games that I remember and I have a fondness for on yeah. on my modern 4K HDR console. Yeah. So I'm not going to apologise for that. No, if people didn't buy them, they wouldn't make them. I'd love to see a bit more Dead Space. I, I mean, I, I heavily bought into heavily bought into the IP. I have the uh, the Dead Space comics, uh, the Dead Space novels. You, I've got the film, the hoodie. Uh, I have the, yeah, I have the hoodie. So, yeah, I did really really enjoy it. So, yeah, there we go. It's a shame about Visceral. I hope everybody in the studio secures work, finds uh, finds yeah. something um, close to their heart to move on to, something they enjoy doing, and uh, I wish them all the best of luck. Yeah, yeah. Right, so, where are we at now, then? Let's go a little bit more upbeat. We saw, or rather you saw, a bit of good news from one of our listeners this week. One of oh, the yeah, guys who used to be heavily, he used to be heavily involved with Codet Momentum. He, he submitted every month. He put a lot of effort in. Then he just seemed to disappear off the face of the planet. And now we suspect we might know why. So our good friend Mike Tack, who is... Um, who is a director, genuinely a director, because he's released a film. And it's out now on Amazon. And if you've got Prime, you can watch it. Yeah, so it's um, apocalyptic horror. And it's it's all of... Um, it's kind of a compilation of all this film work from uh, 2012 to 2016 in one glorious blood-soaked package, uh, including festival favourites One Careful Owner and the sequel. Yeah, it sounds quite interesting, and it's the type of thing that I quite happily sit back and watch on Halloween, a nice anthology of uh, short horror clips. I've not watched it yet, but I am I am really tempted, because Mike um, Mike really supported us for quite a while with the podcast, and um, sent us quite a lot of Morse code. He did, yes. So, uh, the least that I can do is sit back and watch his movie, which will cost me nothing, because I'm a Prime member. I'm starting to feel like we have some kind of sponsorship deal with Amazon of late. Yeah, we don't. Um, well, we're declaring that now. We are not sponsored by Amazon. We don't receive anything from them. So we would declare yeah. that if it was true. We, we certainly get nothing from Siri except lip. Yeah. But yeah, apocalyptic horror. Search for it on Amazon.co.uk or .com. I don't know if it'd be on the US site, but um, have a look. And yeah, let us know what you think of it as well. We're going to try and watch it too. Yeah, perfect. We'll, uh, we'll talk about that in a future episode. But congratulations, Mike. We're really proud. Well done. And whilst we're talking of watching things... I think mm. with it being Halloween that you need to pick up your playthrough of Alien Isolation. Oh no, but that's not watching. That's It's watching for me. It's playing and pooping myself, isn't it? That's It is. It is. But for the entertainment of others, I reckon you're not a long way off encountering the alien. Um, <laughs> and no, really, that's what people want to tune in for. I didn't even get far enough to see the alien and I was terrified. Do I have to? Can't yes. I just give some money to charity? No. No, that's not not good enough in this instance. Oh, 
So what we're going to try and do, listeners, is stream it live on Halloween at some point. It will probably be quite late on when uh, when we actually get around to doing it. But of course, once it's streamed, it's permanently on YouTube. Yeah, thanks, the internet. <laughs> yeah, again, tweet your support, because in 20 years' time, we might have finished the game. Well, I figured, yeah, if we do, what, an hour and a bit a year? <laughs> we'll be there. We'll be there eventually. Um, we should We should finish it by the time my daughter's at university. Yeah. So, and then she's got a nice run through to watch of all of them together. Okay, all right. So Tuesday, I'm busy Tuesday. I know you're playing Alien Isolation. No, seriously, I'm doing something. I've got a yeah, thing. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. No one believes that. I have genuinely. I've got a thing on Tuesday. I can't. I can't talk about it obviously because it's top secret yeah. government work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I can't. You haven't. You haven't thought up an excuse yet. No, it's all right. <laughs> and now I'm washing my hair. <laughs> Got to do it carefully, because there's not much left. Oh, I know, I know. Strand at a time. Okay. Maybe. Right. So, we've been talking movies, we've been talking horror games, so I've got a quiz. What do you know about horror movies and games? Nothing, because you picked two of the subjects of which I have pretty much no interest. I mean, I'm not a movie watcher. Just, you know, well, you know I'm not. I've said this before. Know, you, know. you made me you made me go and interview people from the world of film and television. I didn't know who yeah. any of them were. Yeah. And so I've told you that you know scary what it feels games. like. Now you know what it feels like <laughs> to be on the other side of one of these quizzes. Drug dealers and airports is the last one I got. Okay, so maybe maybe once I did a quiz about orders of magnitude. <laughs> so this goes partially some of the way to getting back at you. In a quiz I like to call the horror, the horror. <laughs> it's got a good title and if you don't that drop much. some Apocalypse Now stuff in there I'll be quite disappointed okay I'll see what I can do <laughs> right so this is fairly simple fairly straightforward I'm going to give you and I've got 13 of them with it being Halloween I'm going to give you the name of a film or franchise Right. And I'll debate whether I'm going to call it a franchise or not when I get to it. And I just need you to tell me, has there ever been a game made for it? Ooh, okay. Simple, isn't it? I Google it. No. And I can see you at this point as well. (laughs) So first up, it's the 31st of October, maybe, if you're listening to this then. Halloween, the 1978 film by John Carpenter. I'm, I'm going to say yes. Yes, you're saying. Okay. You'd, you'd have thought in 30 years they might have been able to knock one out. Or 40 years, even. All right, Magnus um, Magnusson. <laughs> uh, yes, there has been, but not an, not an official game. Um, it was actually released in 2013 by Pig Farmer Productions as a free-to-play offer on the PC. So does that count? There's a game called Halloween that is based on the movie. I'll let you have that one. Yes. Okay, okay. good score. So I'm going to keep with John Carpenter. So his 1982 masterpiece, as a few of us have been talking about on Twitter this week, The Thing. Did that have a game made about it? I'm sure it did. I remember a few years back, I'm sure there was one. It was fairly recently. If 2002 is fairly recent. But yes, it did. It did. It got um, got Uh, quite an interesting survival horror game with the emotional mechanics of your team built into it. Um, It was released on Xbox, PS2, PC, and it was developed by Computer Artworks. So you broke up then very briefly. So we do this over Hangouts, and Matt occasionally breaks up this evening, and all I heard was something about it features an emotional mechanic. (laughs) 
<laughs> I can only assume he's the main character. I don't know. <laughs> Kurt Russell. <laughs> anyway. Brilliant. Yeah, so there was one. Excellent. You're not doing too badly. All right, what about 1984's A Nightmare on Elm Street, directed by Wes Craven? Oh, man. If, if there was... I reckon it's going to be something completely rubbish, like a Sinclair Spectrum game. But I'm going What's to go answer? no. I'm going to go no. You said no. Yeah. And it's a yes. It was one. It was oh. released in 89 on the NES. And it really? was developed by... Visceral. <laughs> no, it was developed by Rare. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that was quite interesting. Okay, next one. Friday the 13th, 1980. Directed by Sean Cunningham. Yeah, there's been one recently, like like a month ago, a couple of months ago. Yeah, absolutely. 2017, um, we got the one developed by Ilphonic, and uh, he's doing apparently quite good on the streaming services. Even though it's purportedly terrible. I, th- I think it's been fixed a bit, but okay. it's still supposed to be a little bit terrible. I've not played it, so I, I don't, I don't no. know. So um, don't, again, I think I say this most episodes, don't flame me. <laughs> it, it's working, sort of. Right, next... 1990s Clive Barker directed Nightbreed. No. Yes. Had a game released on the Commodore 64, Amiga, Spectrum, and it was developed by Impact Software. Let me just test you here. Is every one of these yes? No. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's not. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Not so easy, these quizzes, are they? (laughs) They're not. No, so Nightbreed, there was a game called Nightbreed. There was a game called Nightbreed based on the I remember film. Alien Breed. Yeah, I think they... I remember, I remember the posters for Alien Breed. But yeah, not, uh, not that. Okay. Okay. Right then. So film franchise. You've probably got a bit of scope with this one. Alien, 1979. Ridley Scott. Have we had any games based on the films? On on the franchise films? On the, on the films yeah. rather than set around the films. Yeah, well, there was Alien 3... That was definitely based on Alien 3. I mean, <laughs> you know. And what platform thing. was that on? And what year? That was uh, that would have been around about 1991, 92. Uh, and it was on, I don't know, Commodore 64. Maybe. I don't have that one on my list. Actually, it would have been on the, I'm sure it was on the Master System because I think I owned it. Oh, it's quite possibly. Right. I'll check into that one, but you're right in a yes. Um, we got I mean, Colo- Alien Resurrection. Colonial in- Marines was was loosely based on the events thereafter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, it, it, it's right. We had um, Alien Resurrection, which came out in 2000 on the PlayStation then 64. Alien 3, I do vaguely remember, without actually doing the research, I do remember an Alien 3 game. Um, and we even had Aliens from uh, 1996 that came out on the Spectrum, which I did have. And was terrible. <laughs> it was it was bad. Interestingly done by Activision. Time. Okay. Next oh man, one. here we go. Here we go. Alien oh, Three. You, you are googling. You're not supposed to be googling. I, no, no. But I'm. Uh, this is research. This isn't cheating. Alien Three is a platform video game based on the 1992 film of the same name. The game was released for the Sega Genesis and Amiga in 1992, and it was also on uh, the Nintendo Entertainment System and the Master System and the Game Gear and the Commodore 64. Well done. Bonus point. No. (laughs) Not for the easiest question of the lot. (laughs) 
Yeah, but I nailed I nailed two of the systems it was on and the year. You did. You did all right with that, yes, but it doesn't get you a bonus point. All right. Right. <laughs> Next. Critters. From nineteen eighty six, no, directed by Stephen think, Herrick. I don't think there has been. You don't think there has been? I don't recall it. And I, I used to love the Critters films and I'm sure it would have been on my radar. I'm gonna yeah. be horribly wrong now, but I'm gonna say no. No, you you are completely right. There was yeah. no Critters game. I wouldn't be surprised if we get one at some point. Right, interesting <laughs> one then. Dawn of the Dead, 1978, George Romero. So we've had another 40 years. Have we had a Dawn of the Dead game? I think we've had a lot of games in the vein. I don't think we've actually had an officially licensed Romero Dawn of the Dead game. Okay. I think he controls his art too much to allow a game to be made from it, and, and you're probably going to prove me wrong now. Yes. There was one released in 2014 really? only on the iPhone. It was developed <laughs> by the company called ByteMark. <laughs> oh, please let it be B-Y-T-E. It is. <laughs> I love a oh, fantastic name. <laughs> oh, I stand corrected. Okay. There we go. You know what? I had vivid memories of there being a game on the Spectrum and Commodore 64. Um, that I have Googled the hell out of, and it wasn't actually a Romero game. It wasn't Dawn of the Dead. It was something completely different, but it just had those iconic scenes in it. Yeah, so there was one, but we had to wait a long time for it, and it obviously wasn't very good. Scream, getting a bit more modern. 1996, Wes Craven. Have we had a Scream tie-in? Yeah, do you know, I bet there was, and I bet it was like some crappy FMV Laserdisc game. Oh, wouldn't that have been good if it was? It, it, would, it would be so fitting. <laughs> it would be. It would have been perfect. Yeah. Bit of a night trap style. Yeah, type totally. Of game. Absolutely. Yeah, with Monica. Wonderful. That would have been perfect. <laughs> yeah. Um, there was a game. Yeah, released in 2011. It tied in <laughs> with Scream Four, and it was developed the by TWC. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> developed by TWC Games, and it was on Android and iOS only. Say TWC or PWC, as in PricewaterhouseCoopers. <laughs> no, no, it wasn't developed by lawyers. Uh, no, it's TWC. No, okay. I tell a lie. Probably was developed by lawyers. Yeah, <laughs> that's why it most, came out in conjunction with Scream Four. It's the most corporate game going. <laughs> okay, okay. There's, there's one. One. I would hope you know this film, Child's Play, 1987. Tom Holland directed that. Oh was man, the Chucky. Chucky and, mm. and then later on The Bride of Chucky. Yeah. Yeah, okay. That's the one with the kid, Andy, isn't it? Who then grows up in, I think it's Child's Play 3 and he's at military school. You see, I've picked a bunch of films from your youth that you're remembering, done, seeing you were You've worried. done well. You've done well here. Yeah. Was there a Child's Play game? It can't have been, right? Right. No. No, there was, was there? no game. There was no game, but there might be one in development. Well, what do I score? I mean, technically, you, I'm you right. Got, you got it right. You got it right. Not that I'm getting competitive. <laughs> <laughs> so getting competitive. Um, I, I would. I'd play a child's play game. It depends what it was like. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Imagine if it was like an online multiplayer where um, you just basically your your job is you're a seven year old and you've got to get from one side of Toys R Us to the other. <laughs> oh, that's not getting a release anywhere. Put that one okay, on the back. Okay, next. Hellraiser, another film from 1987, Clive Barker again. Has it had a game? It's, do you know, interestingly enough, because I was speaking to Robin Vigin the other week, he casually yes, dropped into the conversation. You, yes. And the reason I raised that is because he was talking about 
you know, director of photography work and cinematography. And that image of Pinhead is such an iconic image. I can't believe someone wouldn't have made a game out of it. So I'm going to go with yes. I'll give you half a mark. Ooh. It's a yes and a no. There was a game. It was in development. It was planned for release in 1990, but it got cancelled. It was going to be on the NES, and it was developed by Color Dreams. Ah. Right then. Half. And I think that I think you're absolutely right. The iconic visuals, the character, lend themselves to a fantastic horror game. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Next one then. 1976, Richard Donner film, The Omen. Um, do you know, I don't know it. I don't know it well enough. I'm going to go with no. That's correct. It's a no. There's no official game, but there was something that blatantly ripped it off that was released in 2012 called Lucius. Oh, right. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, but it's, uh, yeah, there is no official game. And last one. We can't, I was going to say we can't have many more left. There's the last one. And on a lighter note, Gremlins, 1984, yes, directed by yes, Joe Dante. Definitely, definitely there was a Gremlins game. There had to be. Because I remember it, and if not, I've dreamed it, and it, it you can't shatter my dreams. So this is in there because I had one of the Note, I say one of them because there were several. <laughs> it was 1984 by Atari and released on the Atari 2600, which was like a side-scrolling platforming type game, I think. Um, I didn't play that one. It was the next one that I remember. It's the 1985 Gremlin Adventure, which was a text adventure. Oh, man. And it was made by Brian Howarth, and I remember playing that for hours and getting eaten by gremlins in a swimming pool every single time i dread to think how many times i've been killed by the bulldozer in hitchhiker's guide oh. to the galaxy <laughs> <laughs> so uh so yes it was that and then even in 1990 we got gremlins 2 the new batch um which was developed by sunsoft and that came out on the same platforms so yes gremlins had several games um oh. and you know what i think we need a gremlins 3 anyway as a film and and another game I, I could get on board with that. Um, I think the important thing to remember is that I got nine and a half out of 13. Nine and a half out of 13. Not a bad effort for your first go. Smashed quiz. it. Smashed yeah, it. Yeah, I'll take that. That was good. That was very good. I enjoyed that. It was a good quiz. It's nice. It's nice to be on the receiving end. No, that sounds yeah. wrong. <laughs> anyway. All right, then. Okay. Well, so that was our Halloween, uh, that was our Halloween special edition of the Coding Moments podcast. Don't forget to check out www.codetmoments.com for more of our exciting features for our podcast back catalogue and for lots of reviews uh, and opinion pieces that we do on games and technology. I've been Andy Brown at Clinical Andy on Twitter. My friend here is Dr. Matthew Holt. I'm at Codet Moments on Twitter. And make sure that you head there right now after listening to this lengthy podcast, of which we have no idea how long it is because we've had a few interrupted breaks during it. Um, just so you can scream at us that we completely forgot to mention Silent Hill as part of the best scary games. Because they are it? frightening. Uh, well, Silent Hill 2 is one of them that's up there. It's not made my list because I forgot all about it and I'm very sorry. So on that note, I'm going to go. Bye. <laughs> Bye.